turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and thanks again for listening to DeLorean Talk. This is Dave Tavers. I am uh, VIN 10515 from Southern California. Recently, uh, just actually last week, was DeLorean Convention and Show 2018 in at Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. Uh, I went, as well as tons of other people. I think there were 57 to 60 DeLoreans there, and I don't know that I ever saw an actual number, but I think there was 200 plus people. This episode is a little different than the past episodes. This is I wanted to do kind of a DCS wrap-up to talk about everybody's favorite things and what we saw and what stood out. So I invited four other people to join in. Today we've got Chris Miles from Fresno, California, Harley Droba from International Falls, Minnesota, Nate Gill from Bowling Green, Ohio, and Ryan Foster from Mebbin, North Carolina. Hey guys, thanks for joining. As I said, uh, feel free to jump in whenever. This is just an open conversation. So, uh, hi to everybody. Hello. Well, hello. 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 This was my second DCS, and I'm wondering. Uh, actually, I'll I'll direct questions to each one of you so that we don't step on everybody else. And uh, when somebody is done, if I if you're if you have another comment, just jump in. So this was my second DCS. I went two years ago, and it was fantastic. I don't think I'll ever miss a DCS. Uh, how many, uh, Chris, how many DCSs have you been to and how long have you owned your car? Well, I've owned my car since, uh, late 2009 and I've never been to a DCS before. So, uh, I finally had the availability in my schedule and financially feasible. So I wanted to attend. So this being my first DCS, it was really great. I got to meet a lot of people that I had known from the online community. I got to meet people that, uh, I've seen before again, so it was a really good time. Awesome. How about you, Harley? How long have you had your car, and and uh, how many DCSs have you been to? Well, I think we all know when we got when I got my car. It was two years ago, uh, <laughs> with the day that that viral video had went out. Um, and DCS <laughs> uh, two years ago was legitimately two weeks after I had gotten my car, so I wasn't really into the community at that point. So this was my first DCS. And and I thought it was great. I um, some of the the finer points for me was the moment we rolled in, we uh, we walked right into Wolfgang Hanks's uh, tech tech talk over there at the uh, the classic car garage, and that was just setting the tone for the entire event. And I I I thought it was fantastic. Awesome. So for those that that don't know or don't remember, Harley was the guy that uh, had the video go viral that he uh, had bought a DeLorean and surprised his, his younger daughter, his young, his young daughter, by walking by, taking pictures, and then opening the door, and his daughter freaked out. So if you haven't seen that video, just go do a search for uh, DeLorean Surprised Girl, and you'll find it, because it is hysterical. Uh, Nate, uh, you, you're, uh, no offense, you're a little bit younger, and I'm wondering how long you've had your car, and uh, have you been to a DCS before? So I've only had my car since June of 2016, and uh, I've heard about DCSs. And actually, my previous owner, the previous owner, uh, who is my boss, who I'm uh, fairly close with, uh, he has he had been to a couple DCSs before, Florida and uh, Dayton. So I, I've heard about them, but uh, this was actually my first DCS. Uh, being a new owner, I was uh, 
a little hesitant to uh, go to the first one, you know, maybe a couple months before in 2016. So uh, it was awesome. Uh, I loved every minute of it. Uh, we got there Wednesday, just about 4:30, so we missed the tech day. But uh, we saw Wolfgang in, in action when he uh, was working on Kevin's doors, so that was awesome. So we met <laughs> him right. and met uh, Louis from yeah from uh, Puerto Rico. So that was just a, an awesome start to the uh, to the event, and um, I hope to to go to many more. Awesome. All right, Ryan. No, I've only how, had my, how, how my car have... since. Uh... Uh, end of March, I bought this car. This is my second DeLorean, oh, but I've only had this one since the end of March. That's right. I forgot. So y- you had a DeLorean a long time ago, and we'll do an episode with you later. We'll do an episode with uh, Nate at some point as well. But uh, you had a DeLorean a number of years ago, got rid of it, and you just bought bought another one. Had you been to a DCS prior, knowing that, I mean, you were kind of in the community years ago for a minute, and then you were gone for a long time. Um, I'd never been to a DCS before. I never heard of them until more recently. Right around the time I was shopping for this vehicle, I came across the show and I thought, wow, that's really cool. I wish they had that when I had my first one. Little did I know they did, but I wasn't in it long <laughs> enough to uh, to discover it back then. So right. this was my first one. That's a good question right there, Ryan. How You say you ran across DCS while you were looking for your car. How, how did you, was it social media or email or how did you hear about it and what made you decide you wanted to go? I, well, I found it on DMC Talk and I came across it on there and um, then I found the link to the website that they had they had up and that's where I, I found out more information about it, where it was going to be at. When I got the car, I'm like, why not? I mean, I don't want to wait two more years to go to it, so let's do it now. <laughs> right. For me, at least, because I'm such a, a geek about it, it just doesn't seem like there's enough DeLorean stuff, and two years is a way is a while to wait. Harley, you had just gotten your car, and a similar story to others. Uh, what made you want to go to the DCS show? So I actually had a problem with my car in the spring, and I, I was unable to to fix it myself. I had been working with uh, DeLorean Houston, just trying to walk me through a couple of things, and we did so much stuff and finally I just put my hands in the air and I said, I can't do it. So uh, we trailered my car from uh, International Falls down to Chicago and I met the guys down at uh, DeLorean Midwest and they, they fixed my car up relatively quickly and uh, no ease at all, um, which really frustrates an owner. Um, but when we got down there, they, uh, they, they talked to me and they just asked me about DCS and I had seen posts about it on uh, uh, social media on Facebook and it was in the back of my mind, you know, that would be a really nice thing to do. I'd really enjoy doing it. But timing is so critical for me in in, in the summer. And I, I told him down there, I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to try to make it to this. And uh, I actually did not sign up in their original um, days that they had. And then they extended it out two weeks. And that's when everything fit into place. So I had no intention of, of going two weeks before, but then they, they uh, extended out that uh, time period that you could get in to go to DCS. And for me, it's a car ride. It's not a, a plane trip. So it, it just worked in. And uh, it was basically social media and DeLorean Midwest just kind of urging people to come down and see what see what's going on. Awesome. How long was the drive for you to DCS? Nine and a half hours. It's, uh, it's a 600-mile drive for us. Ooh. And you did drive. Yes. Yep. So, we drove, uh, that's a, we that's drove a my good, car. 
And Nate, what is your drive? Seven hours? No, we're we're only about four four forty five, roughly four hours and forty five minutes. It's only about this shy of three hundred miles. And Ryan, yours was like seventeen hours, right? Oh, uh, it's fourteen hours. Fourteen hours. Jeez. And you drove your car. Sure did. Chris and I were the wimps. <laughs> we did not drive our cars. Have. This is Harley again. We had a we had a convoy from Minnesota that went, and I just went a day early, so I didn't catch up with them. But we had uh, three cars from Minnesota, from the Met- Minneapolis St. Paul metro area, and we could have met up in Eau Claire and had four going together. But yeah, we had a pretty good convoy from Minnesota going. Nice. Oh, it's oh so much fun seeing DeLorean's convoy together like that. So, Chris, in this group, you've had the DeLorean the longest, and you had not been to the DCSs. Uh, you said it was because of timing. Uh, being a longer owner than the rest of us, what what stood out in your mind about DCS uh, that was just amazing and kind of blew your mind or surprised you? I think just seeing all the cars finally in one place. I've never seen 50 DeLoreans at once before, so that was pretty cool. You know, I usually see, you know, three or four at a time, and sometimes, you know, maybe eight. But I really enjoyed seeing all the cars, and uh, I enjoyed seeing all the people because it feels like I've known a lot of people in the community but never actually got to meet them. And uh, I really liked the guest speakers, especially Nick Sutton, coming all the way from England, talking about his involvement in the production of the car. I've read his book before, so it was really nice to kind of ask him some questions about it. And so uh, I think the combination of the people, the guest speakers, the cars, it all kind of makes a really neat uh, event. And uh, I'm just sorry that I hadn't gone before, but uh, <laughs> it seemed like I never able to uh, convince myself to spend the money. And I, I did this time, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I did. Are you going to miss any other DCSs now? <laughs> um. I wouldn't want to, but I'm not sure exactly what the next one's going to be. So hopefully uh, they sure. organize one in the next couple of years. Yeah. And I knew who Harley Droper was, but I didn't I apologize, Harley. I didn't actually meet you at the show. Oh, sorry. I guess we just didn't have a chance to cross paths. It, it does seem, well, this was only my second one, so I'm not an expert, but uh, this one for some reason seemed shorter than the last two years ago. Like, uh, Two years ago, I personally, I was kind of uh, awestruck as well and overwhelmed. And you guys know, well, you guys know me a little bit. I'm not shy. But two years ago, I wasn't uh, nearly as outgoing or talking to people because I just was brand new to the community by, you know, six months or something. Um, So I just was overwhelmed. But uh, this time wasn't the same. You know, I was I love talking to people and it just seemed like the time flew by. It was not enough time to get a chance to talk to everybody. I agree. I, I would totally agree, too. I, I know we were going to talk a little bit about things that could be improved, and I think that there should be, like, a a big meet-and-greet luncheon that isn't cent- centered around, like, a, a guest speaker just to kind of get to know everybody because throughout the course of the hotel you had these little micro groups, but it, it feels weird if you don't know one or two people in the group to just sit down and just start talking. Hey guys, how are you? You here for DCS too? You know what I mean? Just have a, have a big meet and greet yeah. where, uh, where everyone could get together and just get to know each other. Oh, I agree. That's, that would be a great idea. Um, I missed the, uh, Wolfgang session at the, the tech day. 
Uh, I didn't get there till Wednesday night, but yeah, that would be that would be great. So, what other things uh, did you guys enjoy a lot, or that you were surprised by? Uh, again, it's hardly. I, I one of the things that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and it was already touched on on this uh, conversation, was um, uh, Nick Sutton's conversation. Um, I, I sat in on one of his breakout sessions, and I thought that that was incredibly good. I also um, ended up meeting up uh, with a guy uh, in one of the breakout sessions, Matt Hessam, who had built a homemade Back to the Future car. And him and I actually got along great. We did meet and uh, and talked quite a bit, bit throughout the, the course of the weekend. I had a problem with my ball joints, and I was in the par- parking lot trying to, to fix some stuff. He got down there underneath the car and was trying to help me the best of, of his ability. I said, no, you go spend time with your wife and family, guy. <laughs> you know, so it was, I, I liked the breakout sessions. I liked a lot of the, the classes that they had. Wolfgang was fantastic. The Matt Hessam class that I, I took was very good. Stephen Alexander from the drug trial, I thought he was very, very good. I, I think the classes that they had were great, and having Bob Gale there I thought was fantastic. Uh, this is Nick. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally agree with the breakout sessions. I thought those were great. You know, I thought that was a, it was good that they tried to stagger them around so you could get to as many different ones as possible, but that that was great. The only thing I could think of to maybe improve the, the breakout sessions is maybe to build in some buffer there because some of them do go over, uh, you know, not intentionally or anything, but just because everybody's having a good time. And there's, you know, sometimes there's somebody you really want to see afterwards. You want to see everybody, but um, it'd be nice if they had like a little bit of a buffer to you know, get to those new places, and if something goes over, they can, uh, you know, accommodate that. But other than that, um, everything was great. Uh, Nick Sutton's was awesome. Wolfgang's, uh, you know, everybody's was praising his, and that was awesome. So, yeah, I, I agree. The, those sessions were great. Yeah, the uh, as a meeting organizer myself for a long time, that is always one of those problems of if you're trying to get a lot of stuff in and you schedule something from 12 to 1 and 1 to 2 and 2 to 3, just trying to get from one room to the other, you know, get your connecting flight basically to another room leaves, you know, zero time to get from one place to another. And then there's that one person in the room that asked a question and you want to shake hands, exchange cards, get to know them a little bit so you can catch them later. Um, uh, but I, I think uh, that, you know, this was, I think this is only Rich's second, this is only a second DCS because Ken Consulick did it for 20 years. So Rich doesn't have the experience that, Ken does, but all in all, you know, that's a lot of stuff to coordinate between the rooms and the food and the the big center for all the cars and the tickets. Just, you know, there's a lot of work. But, yeah, definitely having more space. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did great. And uh, and then I don't want to – that's not what it meant to be a criticism or anything. It just if they were looking for improvement, that was my <laughs> tip. But, um, yeah, it was great. Agreed. It's funny, uh, two of you have mentioned Nick Sutton, and same here. Love hearing him talk. He's such a nice guy. Has so much great, so many great stories. Ryan, who did you who who did you go listen to? Who was your favorite speaker? Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see as many speakers as I was hoping to, but we did get to see Wolfgang do his presentation on uh, Pilot Twenty One, which is pretty interesting. And Nick Sutton actually got up and spoke with him about that. Um, so there was some good information on that. And then, of course, uh, we were at the Tech Day, and that was probably one of the things I was looking forward to the most. Being new to owning a DeLorean, it was kind of interesting to be able to kind of look underneath the cars and and see what he was pointing out was, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that. And my car in particular, he was saying everything looked really good, 
uh, except I need to go and uh, change my CV joint grease because everything's original. He said, he goes, that's old grease. You need to take them out, repack them. I'm like, okay, no problem. And uh, I had to replace some bushings in the, in the back suspension. But other than that, you know, it was nice peace of mind knowing that, okay, I don't have to worry about it now that I got another 800 mile drive to get home. Um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, that the car was going to fall apart on the way home. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were hoping that we didn't have any major issues anyways. So Ryan, you, uh, before you left, you were commenting, or actually, as you guys got there, I think you said that the car started running rough and you bought some new plug wires. Yeah. The second day we were there, um, we, we, my dad and I took a drive down to Dunkin' Donuts and I noticed that it, the car was hesitating upon acceleration. Um, it would idle fine. And, and if you were cruising it, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour, it was just fine. Anytime you hit that throttle, it, it would fucking snort and hesitate and i thought that's weird it's never done that before i actually saw wolfgang in the hotel and i was picking his brain a little bit and he goes it sounds like it might be an ignition problem so i said well i'm here they got parts so i went and bought a set of uh plug wires and started to change them not realizing that the distributor was up underneath the intake manifold that was <laughs> quite an adventure so I, I changed a few of them but that i didn't get them all done um at the show and that didn't fix the problem so I bought a set of plugs while I was there too. And when I got home, we ended up driving the car home with the uh, hesitation, which still didn't really hurt the gas miles by any by any means. It was just hard to accelerate on the highway. Got home and found one of the spark plug in cylinder one. The electrode had broke off the uh, spark plug, which I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, the picture of that plug is shocking. You guys all know, you know, if you if you make a little crook in your finger, that's what the end of the spark plug looks like. Basically. The, after the bend, the end of the spark plug was gone, so the Wolfgang nailed it, right? Ignition problem. So one of your one of your six cylinders was missing, and that's where the hesitation came from. Another thing that I found out uh, after messing around with it a little later is, you know, those Bosch spark plugs, um, they have a thread-on nipple at the top of the spark plug um, that you have to have for the plug, plug wire to hang on to it on this vehicle. And that particular plug, it was pretty much stripped off. Um, hmm. It was there, but it it didn't hold on to the plug at all. So there there was probably more than just that causing the uh, that missing issue. Wow. Well, glad you got home okay, and glad that you found that problem. It was, I say, that easy. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> you know, having a broken spark plug is fairly fixable. Oh yeah. Harley, you I I interrupted you. you no, I, I was just I was just going to follow up on the the previous speaker about uh, Wolfgang. He had walked through my vehicle too, and he, I don't know about you guys, but I'm neurotic. I I, I try not <laughs> to be, but I'll be driving and everything is just fine. And I'll hear one little sound, and all of a sudden I shut off the stereo and I'm I'm listening. And so just having someone who's an expert on, on the vehicle be being able to walk through it and just say, well, this is great, this is great. Your car's in fantastic condition. The only thing you need to do is whatever this minor thing is, you know, and, and it, it was such a great peace of mind. But yet again, I was neurotic while I'm there. And I'm like, well, my, it was tough steering. I, I've never experienced that. And uh, if I turned, I was torquing on the steering wheel to try to make a turn. And uh, all it was, was, was greasing my upper and, and lower ball joints. And uh, it changed the entire thing. The car ran fine home, but it was just great having that tech there to be able to say, no, your car is in great shape. You just have to do this one thing or this other thing. You know what I mean? 
Boy, that was lucky. And you greased them at the show and then drove home and it was better. I, I greased them at the show and within seven blocks of driving from the show, everything uh, had cleared up. We actually didn't put our car in the show. We, uh, we had other things that we wanted to do around the area. So we, we left our car out uh, and we, we were not in the show itself. We drove the car there, but we, uh, we went and did a tour of Chicago and some other places. So we, uh, we, we kept driving. Last year, I say last year, what, 10 months ago, 11 months ago, DeLorean week in Las Vegas, the, the Vegas guys put this event on for the last five years. It is awesome. And last year, Rob Grady from PJ Grady came all the way from, you know, New York area. And the Brandies who host the DeLorean week in Las Vegas have a lift in one of their garages. So Rob was doing checkouts on cars and same thing like you guys. I mean, I have DMC California 15 minutes away and they've done tons of stuff to my car. But while I grew up working on cars, I'm not an expert. In my mind, Rob is one of those DeLorean rock stars and having him put the car up and just fine tooth comb, you know, he gave me a list of like 15 different things most of them not major, but a couple of, you know, little things like a couple of rust spots at the very front of the frame, not a big deal, but having somebody like that point that stuff out was fantastic. Like I said, I didn't bring my car to DCS, but it sounds like everybody has that uh, kind of desire to have a, a real expert take a look at the cars at these events. I, I actually think that that's hands down the best, the best part of it. I mean, if if you can bring your car and you can get that peace of mind, I mean, e even if it's false, because even if you get a clean bill of health at the doctor, you know, you can still have a problem the next day, but it it's right. such a great peace of mind just to have someone tell you, no, you're doing a good job. You know, you just look at these couple things. I think that, I think that is actually key of the DCS, uh, the DCS show is being able to have an expert there to, to, to set some people that, uh, are new owners or even long-term owner, long-term owners that uh, just don't know all the nooks and crannies of the car to say, no, you're doing a great job and you need to do these three things. I don't think that they had a tech day two years ago in Springfield. Uh, obviously I didn't drive my car then either, but um, yeah, it seems like that could be, of course, you know, then it comes down to the, there are people I know up in the Pacific Northwest DeLorean club, they do four tech days a year and they've got another rock star, Toby Peterson, who knows the cars, and they get 15 to 20 cars coming out to their tech days. And most of the time, people are are cool. You know, they'll come up, they'll have Toby look at something, and he gives a feedback, and then they'll bring it into the shop later. Every now and then, there I've heard that there are the people that want want Toby to like, you know, replace the engine on a tech day, not literally, but uh, do a ton of work. But yeah, just having somebody do a checkout, that's awesome. So, Chris, did you have any any thoughts on something that could be done better at, at a future DCS? Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was really kind of disappointed that we only had one real day in the mega center with the cars. And it was only for, you know, two-thirds of the day or something like that. It just seemed like that yeah. went by really quick. And it felt like I didn't have enough time to, like, look closely at every car I, I think I've overlooked a few of them but uh, I thought that for DCS about DeLorean car show the cars were almost it felt like secondary and we were more kind of interacting with people and look going to the breakout sessions which is fine but it just seemed like I was missing the cars the tech day 
was really cool because uh, we did get to spend all day with the cars, looking at them and talking to people. So that was really cool. Since you didn't get to go to that, I think maybe in the future you include it in your plan. Go do it. Because, yeah, right. yeah, it was really good. You, Chris, are quite the tech guy when it comes to the car. You get two of them and you've done a crazy amount of work by yourself without having a DMC nearby or even other mechanics that know the car. So I can definitely see why you'd enjoy that. For the show, I, I agree as well. I think it was 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and they closed the Mega Center at 5 o'clock. Two years ago at DCS, they, the cars were accessible for all three days. And I agree. I loved two years ago. I got, I loved being able to walk around, look at all the cars up close and, and I didn't feel rushed. I didn't realize that I would be rushed this year. I was kind of, I was surprised they didn't put the cars in on Thursday or Friday. It wasn't until late Friday night and early Saturday morning, they moved all the cars in and then boom, the show's over basically. You know, for me, I, it wasn't a big deal because I drive my car and I, sometimes I leave it out at night. It's still my favorite toy I ever had, but I, uh, I I use mine more as a car than I, I do as a as a show, so it wasn't a big deal for me to be in the mega center. But my my fellow Minnesota Dorian members were very frustrated. Andy Strano from uh, originally from Las Vegas, who's now living in Minneapolis, he's got a time machine and and he end, ended up having water damage because it stayed out. We had those two big rains the first two two days of DCS at night, and. Uh, he had nowhere to put his car. He was under the impression, as were most people, that on Wednesday or Thursday, the cars were going to go in the mega center so that they wouldn't be uh, exposed Brain to down. vandalism or bad weather or whatever. And I, I know that there was a lot of frustration from uh, a handful of the Minnesota guys over that. Time machines are a different thing because they, they've got all kinds of holes and they've got other issues. So I could see how that could be frustrating. That was the thing that... I really like about having the cars inside is to go look at all the amazing, cool things that people have done. There was a, there was one, one person couple that they built custom luggage that fit, that filled the entire compartment of the front of the DeLorean and perfectly fit on the, on the partial shelf behind their, behind their heads. It was beautiful. Did you guys see that? I don't think I, I saw that one. Nobody, nobody else saw that. Yeah. It was pretty cool um any other cars that stood out to any of you guys that you were uh, that you enjoyed uh nate uh, i remember uh i don't remember where it was from but there was one that had a they did a custom red interior on it i thought that was pretty cool just something different that I don't normally see yeah the bright red right yeah it was a little brighter for for my taste but it was still unique and, and cool you know different from the black and gray that, that obviously you normally see in the cars but um just something, something cool that that uh, stuck out to me. Yeah, that car was actually uh, sitting right behind my car in the show, and I was checking it out. And he did a had a really nice uh, interior. Again, I I wouldn't have done the steering wheel red, but uh, <laughs> the rest of it, you know, he had the red steering wheel, red dash. But uh, I mean, it was a very nice job all in all. It was it was it looked neat to have a red interior, something different, like you said, from the from the black and the gray. Um, but I also like the car uh, that had the 17 and 18 inch wheels on it, which I, I like the, the stock 14 and 15. I like the look of that. But whoever did those wheels on that car, they were they did a really good job making them look just like if they were factory rims, which I thought was pretty impressive. And yeah. uh, that car yeah. had the uh, Supra 
motor in it, the Toyota motor in it. Yes, I believe it did. Any other cars? Anything else? Um, I think there was a car that won Best in Show, and it was this lady's car, and her whole luggage compartment area was like almost like rhino-lined, and it had a custom DMC like floor in the trunk, and apparently they said that you like do like a super clean on their car, like with toothbrushes, they get underneath it and it's like immaculate. So I thought that was impressive. Before I had even seen the, the cars uh, in the show, um, members from Minnesota had told me, you're going to have to check out this car. She, she cleans this car immaculately with a toothbrush and she's sitting, she's probably cleaning it in the parking lot right now. And uh, sure enough, that was hands down the cleanest, best-looking car I saw. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I agree. I was told about it, too, you know, the whole uh, detail she put into it, cleaning. And you could you could eat off of any part of that car. It was so clean. It was, it was <laughs> I mean, I mean, awe-inspired. <laughs> but it was cool. I, I like, yeah, that trunk liner was kind of brilliant to do that. And they had the debossed letters of DMC pretty big in the tr- in the on the floor there and yeah that that was uh very surprising and beautiful and and I'm, now i'm a little sad that i didn't notice how clean the rest of the car was because so many of those cars are, i'm embarrassed when i look at my car compared to almost every car in that place they were they're just perfect and it makes me realize i, I need to spin <laughs> that that was my whole thing too i mean my, my wife and i were, were thinking well maybe we will just stick around here for for the night and we won't go uh going and seeing things and i'm like if i put it in the show i'm going to be embarrassed these people know how to clean a car (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this this is ryan i um i only put my car in the show because i figured i drove all that way what was another 10 bucks and i could park it inside my okay you know why not um so i i didn't you know i wasn't looking for any awards or anything like that i just figured it's a good parking place is what i figured because i'd never not being in a award though I did, yeah. I uh, I won um, what was the best daily driver because um, my car's got ninety three thousand miles on it. It, uh, it it won best daily driver, which was a, pr- a surprise. I found out that evening um, after the award ceremony um, that I had won something. That's right. You had you had paid to enter the the judging, but uh, hadn't bought the dinners. So, uh, but you weren't allowed to go in and and see the award ceremony. So that, that's another probably area of improvement where they could do the, if somebody, if people don't buy the, the dinners or the, the dinner talks, uh, if they're going to do a judging or a awards ceremony, they probably should open that up to everyone. Cause I, I, I would have gone to that for sure. And th- there's a lot of awards given out. I don't even know what they all were. I don't think that they've published them yet, uh, online. I saw a couple of them for the, uh, Oh, they did. Yeah, there. It's on Facebook, I believe, under the DCS uh, link. Uh, I noticed that oh. they had a list of winners on there. Um, but I talked to the judges because I was curious how they judge the cars. Because I was noticing that they were inspecting things very meticulously, and um, I was asking them, like, "What are you guys looking for?" You know, and and they said they were just looking for originality um, versus you know what's been changed out. But they weren't doing a concours type of a a judge, he goes, that would take us forever to judge all the cars that way. He goes, but we're just kind of yeah. going over the car and seeing, you know, how well they're maintained and how clean they are. And 
you know, mileage and this and that, like, have you replaced any interior parts and stuff like that? And, um, they, they told me there was 12 classes, uh, that they had and depending on mileage and, and if it was custom, full custom, all this stuff, there was a 75,000 to a hundred thousand mile class. Um, yeah, they, they had a bunch of different mileage ranges. Good. Okay. So how many of you guys played Kevin Crin's, uh, DeLorean video game in the car. Yep. No, I did not. That was a regret of mine. I didn't get to play it because <laughs> that that Saturday went so gosh darn fast that I couldn't do everything and it's just time got away. But yeah. Maybe in the next time. Yeah, yeah, I I'm sure he'll do it again. But that was I I I know Kevin from DeLorean Weekend and he had told me he was working on that and uh, seeing it in person. That was, that was pretty, no, that is very unique. Um, the fact that he took the two front tires, put them on lazy Susans so that when you turn the steering wheel, there was no resistance. And then he hooked up controls to the actual gas and brake pedals in the car and then connected the, the DeLorean steering wheel to computer. He had the hood open with a projection with a projector between the doors shooting onto the hood and the old 80s video game outrun you could play the game using the delorean it was it was pretty cool like i don't know that i've ever seen that uh it it's definitely different for all of us owning a delorean driving a real delorean and then playing that video game that was, it was pretty fun and and wacky that definitely stood out in fact i think he won an award as well he, he did win an award yep best full custom best full custom nice what about the dinners? The, did you, uh, uh, Chris, you didn't do the dinners. Harley, did you, and Nate? Uh, I did, we did not do the dinners. We, we, uh, that was kind of a weird bone of contention with us. Cause when we, we had bought our tickets, uh, obviously paying the amount of money for food wasn't a big deal, but we, uh, we were under the impression that, um, you were paying for the dinner, not paying for the uh, for the presentation. So we had just kind of decided we were going to go off and do our own thing for dinner and come back for the presentation afterwards. And when we found out that you had to have a dinner ticket, we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll buy a dinner ticket, but we don't need the meal because we've already eaten. And we were still not allowed to come in. And I think that that was kind of pooey. If you're still willing to pay the same amount of money for for the, the, pres- the presentation – you know, as, as the meal, we just didn't really, we, we didn't understand in the beginning and maybe that's shame on us, but yeah, we, we were unaware that that's how the process was going to be. If you didn't prepay for the dinner before you got there, pretty much the entire show for the day was done for you at four o'clock. Got it. I, I was under the exact same impression that if you, the, the $60 was just for the meal and then you could go in later since you already registered to be at the event to see the speakers. And I was also denied access to those and then thought, well, well, wait a minute, you know, I want to see the speakers too, but I didn't realize you had to buy the dinner in order to see them. Nate, did you do the dinner and the speakers? Yeah. So yeah, we did all three dinners and uh, all three speakers. And, um, you know, I this being my first one. I wasn't sure how it went. So, you know, okay, let's do everything, whatever. So, Hearing the the uh, issues, that's that's kind of concerning. That people were turned away for uh, for the presentations just because they didn't they didn't buy dinner. And I kind of, and I was kind of thinking that it, the presentations would be during dinner, 
again, not not knowing what to really expect, but either way, it didn't matter. But, but yeah, the dinner, in general, dinners were good. The presentations were good, but that does sound like something they need to work on is, you know, um, yeah. maybe make it a separate fee or something, if that's what it has to be a fee, but somehow make it separate from the dinners for the people that want to go out and do their own thing. But. And I do understand the reason why they have to charge that is because, you know, Rich, you know, has to cover the cost for flying people from, you know, around the country, paying the hotel rooms because they don't they don't want speakers to pay for their own events or they won't come uh, or not on events, but their food and the hotel room and travel and things like that. So very understandable that that's how they cover the cost. But they do need to communicate it better. So people, whether it's first time or longtime attendees of DCS, understand what the process is. I think that was the, probably the single biggest mistake of, of this DCS was poor or bad communication and information. I would, I would agree with that. Cause yeah. like I said, I have no issue with, uh, with paying. If, if it ended up being, you have, if you want to see the speaker, you have to pay for the meal. We would have paid for the meal. We didn't, it wasn't communicated that way to us. And secondly, yeah. just the, uh, if we're talking about communication, I think that's one of the things that they could have done better too, because the website, um, I never knew where to get information for <laughs> the agenda for, um, you go, you went to the website and the website said, um, everything is, clo- or, uh, registration is now closed. You went on to a Twitter feed. You could get from DeLorean Midwest to somewhere else. You know, it was just, there wasn't uh, a pinpoint place where I knew this is where I can get information for the event in two weeks. This is where I'm going to get sure. my information now that I've registered. Even at registration on, on Wednesday, I had asked, well, where do we, uh, um, where do we sign up for the cars? And they were like, well, I believe it's at the mega center. And that was at, uh, that was at the front desk of the hotel. We went over to the mega center. There was nowhere there. It was locked up. It was just yeah. communication, I think, was a, was a major concern at this uh, particular convention. Yeah. I agree. So, so Nate, uh, since you went to the dinners, did you, and you saw all three, anybody stand out? Did you have a, a favorite or, or one that was, that really you talked about afterwards? Any of the presentations? Um, I, I really enjoyed when, uh, when Bob Gale spoke, he, he was, he was really funny and, and had the, had the room roaring. I had never seen the uh, documentary, the out of time, uh, about restoring a car. So that was cool to see. Um, so I, I enjoyed that, and and really, you know, all of them were were enjoyable and um, and good. Uh, but but yeah, the I, I think the the lot of time and Bob Gale talking that's that's probably one I most remember. But having said that, I I enjoyed all of them. So sure. Did they show the whole out of time documentary or just a portion of it? They they showed it all. They showed it all, and then they had. Uh, um, Questions afterwards, and, and Bob uh, could have me ask him questions. You know, so he told the whole Mustang story and um, <laughs> and all that. But yeah. yeah, yep. Nice. I was able to sneak into one of the talks afterwards. It was the Jordan Livingston documentary that he's making, and uh, I've known about it for quite a long time. It's been in production since like 2009. He he went to the DCS then and was recording. So it was kind of cool to finally see uh, his documentary come together. And I probably saw a good, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of it. I really enjoyed that. So hopefully he'll have that complete in the next year. 
Yeah, Jordan Livingston, uh, I think he said he's been working on it for 10 years now, and he's getting close to finishing. Uh, and the difference between a lot of the other documentaries that have been out and are coming out is his is really about the community. So I think that was what he showed at, at uh, DCS this time was the segment of, of the people, uh, different individuals, and uh, that, that will be exciting. And for most of us here that are newbies, uh, yeah, those, I mean, some of those people have already sold their cars <laughs> that were in that because it's been so many years that he's been working on it. But it'll still be fun to see. And maybe he'll I'm hoping that he'll, you know, have have it available for sale and do some stuff online and maybe keep adding to it each year. It's a lot of work. I know, you know, whether you have your own camera or not, even with DeLorean talk, trying to get people to commit to times and then doing it, editing it, putting it out there. Um, you know, video is way harder than audio, but that could be kind of fun. I had the best intentions. I brought my recorder, microphones. I thought I wanted to go walk around and do man on the street interviews during the car show. Again, I was picturing that we were going to have access to the cars for two or three days. So I could pop in and out, talk to people and do that. But I ended up visiting and talking to people and just was distracted. So I, I did one and in fact, it was Ryan and his dad. And I think that was the first time that I'd said hello to you. I just said, hey, can I do a quick little bit? And mm -hmm. I, I was hoping to have five or six of those to make it into a mini episode of DeLorean Talk. And just I did one, you guys. <laughs> so so this is where this call came from, is doing kind of a wrap up and sharing all the, the favorite parts and, and what we all liked about it. Um, I appreciate you guys joining and helping me, Nate, especially for the last second popping in. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to share overall about it, about the show or the experience or anything? I really enjoyed getting to meet all the vendors uh, firsthand, you know, in person. And I've been dealing with Toby Peterson up in Washington since I've had my car. You know, I can't tell you how many times he'd spend with me on the phone, you know, ordering parts, giving help and everything. And being able to finally meet him was, was a great experience and you know even meeting the guys from texas and uh, the guys from the midwest shop and i've previously i've known danny and cameron and seen them all there it's it's kind of neat uh to be able to interact with them on a more personal level than just on the phone yeah harley any any last thoughts not not so much i i i had a good time i'm glad that i did it i i, I learned a lot of what uh what i want to make sure i get done next time i go which i think everyone walks away from and if uh if, if you could could you just tell us a little bit about when we're done with wrapping this up a little bit about uh the show that's coming up in las vegas i will definitely how about you nate any any closing thoughts or uh memories that you're going to be talking about dcs in the future um just just the amazing uh, time it was, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I knew I would have fun, um, but it was uh, more than I, than I could have imagined. And, you know, seeing people in action, like I, I mentioned earlier, Wolfgang fixing Kevin's doors and getting to talk to uh, Louie from Puerto Rico and, uh, you know, meeting all these different people and seeing all these, uh, the passion and everybody, it was just, uh, it was amazing. So I'm very uh, glad I went, and uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I only had I had the shortest uh, trip uh, driving the car there, but I <laughs> it was the longest trip for me, and I was very nervous, and uh, and the car didn't miss a beat either either way, and um, 
you know, just got me nice. more confident in, in that, and I'm grateful for that. But uh, it was it was great, and I hope to hope to do it again. Awesome. All right, Ryan, you're you're the last one. I thought the show all in all was great. It was great meeting people in the community. Um, I have to say, like what Chris said, I, I thought it was great meeting some of the vendors. I've been talking with Aaron from DeLorean Go via email on parts and stuff like that. I've met Stephen and uh, some of his crew from DMC Houston when I brought my car back from Arizona. But uh, it was neat to see them again and say hi. Uh, so there were, it was cool that like the people, you know, meeting you, Dave and Chris at the show, that was, that was great. It, and, you know, the knowledge of, of people that I met, it, it was incredible. Wolfgang was, again, he was, he was amazing. Um, being able to see uh, what he does and, and his, his presentations, the, the stuff that he does over in Germany is incredible. So it was a good time. I'll definitely be going to the next one. Awesome. Well, speaking of Wolfgang, Pilot 21, he just bought that car. He said he's going to restore it and have it ready for Eurofest 2021. Uh, last, The last Eurofest a couple of years ago, same thing as you guys. I was a new owner, and Europe is a whole different thing than just going across the United States. So I did not go to that, but I am going to go to this next one because Wolfgang, so friendly. I got a chance to talk to him. Uh, I'm excited to see Pilot 21. I'm excited, and and some other pilot cars that are apparently going to be there, as well as getting to meet some of the you know our European cousins, uh, you know DeLorean owner cousins, and and just see what that's about. So I'm looking forward to that. Hardly had asked about uh, DeLorean Week in Las Vegas. I cannot say enough about it because uh, it is so fun. I've been for two years, uh, the third, it's coming up October 4th through the 8th of this year. So just what, six weeks from now, the Brandies are the hosts. Uh, two years ago, I think that there was eight or nine cars last year. I think there was seven or eight cars, but a lot of people come that are flying in, you know, Kevin Crin from Ohio and Rob Grady from New York area. Uh, there was a guy that comes from Maine. He's been a couple of years. So people come from all over, even without their car. And I highly recommend to people don't worry about driving your car. Come to DeLorean Week in Las Vegas. They don't charge anything for it. It's super lax. Uh, you, you know, basically they do a, a picnic style, you know, stop at the grocery store, bring some food, potluck on Saturday, and, and they barbecue some stuff. And you sit around on the back patio and visit and talk. A lot like DCS, but I don't want to say better than DCS. DCS is very different, but this is a chance to get to know people and just visit and talk. In between, we go have, uh, you know, we drive someplace for a nice dinner on Saturday night, and that has some presentations. But otherwise, there's some tech sessions. The Brandies are car guys, so they have, you know, they have four car garage and a lift, and they've been working on cars for years. The knowledge that's there, the connections that are there are amazing. We do a couple of outings over those three or four days. So uh, DeLorean Weekend Las Vegas, I'm sorry, DeLoreanWeekend.com is the website. Absolutely check it out. Again, they don't, the Brandies don't charge anything for it, and it's Vegas. So you can get hotel rooms cheap uh, the last two years. And again, this year, I'm going to do a VRBO house, you know, Airbnb, just rent a house, be able to park the car right out in front, share with a couple of people. Uh, and it's just relaxed and fun. We don't, there's no gambling, there's no casinos involved other than, you know, for stopping, like uh, we stopped at Railroad Pass last year because they have a good lunch buffet as we were driving out to a, a mine, we did an underground mine tour. And that was fun seeing 
what, six, five or six DeLoreans parked out front, <laughs> you know, out there. Two years ago, we drove through Red Rocks, which I think is a national park. It might be a state park, but I think it's national. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. We had three DeLoreans. The pictures were amazing. You know, Vegas, uh, Vegas in October is pretty easy. It's not hot and it's not freezing cold. There's lots of options. So uh, anybody that's listening, plan on coming. You know, get a cheap flight to Vegas. Somebody, you know, whether it's Uber or you get one of us to come pick you up at the airport, um, you know, come do it because it is a lot of fun. And whatever interactions you had, you guys had at DCS, they're they're even better at DeLorean Week in Las Vegas because it's all just about the community. It's not about speakers and, and uh, you know, the car show just kind of happens because there's DeLoreans there. It's very fun. And I've uh, been twice as well, and I think it's a really cool opportunity. It's just kind of a really good social weekend, and uh, you get to be with the cars, you get to be with all the people, and uh, I have to agree with Dave, it's it's kind of relaxed, and you get to basically do what you want to do. You, you're not tied to doing everything if you don't want to. Uh, there's other things you can do. Uh, uh, it's affordable. You're not tied into paying, you know, sixty dollars for dinner or anything like that and um, right yeah and if rob grady comes this year then he'll probably be looking at cars and you could uh, have him give you an inspection so it's kind of a cool opportunity and can pay him to do serious work on the cars as well uh he, he's one of he does some traveling mechanic work well Again, thank you all very much for joining. This was a different. This was the first time doing this conference call type of an episode, um, and you know, it's it's a different way of doing it. I love doing the individual episodes. Ryan, Nate, I'll definitely have you guys on. I've already talked to Harley and Chris, but uh, there's uh, I'm excited to just get more more people. And I met a lot of people DCS, handed out a lot of cards, got a lot of information from people. So uh, hoping to have more episodes coming out rather than once every month or month and a half or two months. I'm hoping to do more than that. Just getting people to uh, commit on the time and to people that have emailed in. Thank you so much for, uh, for your interest. I, I will catch you. I will get back to you and we will set up times to do it in the meantime. Uh, thanks everybody and drive safe uh, wherever you're at. Thank All you. Right, thanks thank a lot, Dave.